So the title of this talk is It Is Simple. Um, yes, it is simple. So that's a statement of fact. It is simple, i.e. not complicated. Um, so 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and, and for us to remember that the Bible has solutions. Okay? Um, sometimes... Uh, there's, we need a solution and we read the Bible and it seems very simple and we think, oh no, it's more complicated than that. <laughs> That's not going to work. It's more complicated than that. And, and I've been in situations where I've quoted scriptures and people have said, oh no, it's more complicated than that. And, um, and we're all subject to this. We can all... Uh, think that it's more complicated. But what the Lord wants us to do is, okay, if we think it's more complicated, we'll just do it and see how it happens and uh, how it works out. And uh, So a few scriptures about it is simple. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 19, and it says here, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 19. For it is written... I'll destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Um, you know, the first half there, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. You know, people that profess themselves to be wise, uh, you know, they, they believe there is no God. And uh, it, it says elsewhere in the Old Testament that um, a man is foolish who says in his heart there is no God. So atheists have always been around and uh, their own wisdom Verse 22, for the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we, everyone here today, preach got Christ crucified. Unto the Jews, that uh, is a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks, it's foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, whoever, unto anybody who's called, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, in things which are not, to bring naught to things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So this, um, this design, I guess, that God wants it to be kept simple, is that no flesh should glory 
uh, in his presence. And uh, Lynn was saying that, that realisation that there's an inner man and an outer man. There's a separation. There's two there. And uh, that the outer man would not glory in his presence, but uh, we would glory in the Lord. Um, because we, we make ourselves simple um, and foolish in the eyes of the world. We believe that Christ was crucified, uh, that he rose from the dead. Oh, pfft, that didn't happen. Never seen that happen. That's foolishness in the eyes of the world. But it's, we have that simple mindset. It happened. Uh, we are filled with the Holy Spirit as a result, and we know it. We know it. The Bible says it. The Bible's been inspired by the Word of God. That's a simple mindset as well. Keep it simple. The Bible's God's Word. Oh, not that bit. <laughs> no, the whole lot is God's Word. Keep it simple. So, uh, And God hath chosen the foolish things to confound the wise. So uh, don't be afraid of the simplicity, but grab hold of it and uh, uh, embrace your wooliness. Uh, Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18 and verse 2. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 2. And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whoa, how about that? Uh, so be converted and then become as little children, you won't enter the kingdom of God. How about that? And children are simple. They're a simple human being. Um, their life's simple. Uh, things become complicated when we become adults. <laughs> and that, what Jesus is saying, that gets in the way. So keep it simple. It says uh, in verse 4, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, wide-eyed, looking up, oh, what's going on? The same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. So this simple little example here, he wants us to be like children, um, wide-eyed to our Father in heaven. What does our Father want? Oh, that's the solution. Okay, it's a simple solution. Uh, and we'll try it out, um, believing. First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two and verse one. First Peter chapter two and verse one. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. And evil speakings is a very broad term. <laughs> um, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So many things in the kingdom of God are related to natural things. And here we understand a newborn babe so desires that milk of the word. It's in them, inborn, within them, to desire that milk and then... Uh, we know that uh, if a baby is hungry for the milk, they grow. It's a simple equation. 
And that's what uh, the Lord wants us to be with the milk of the word. Um, if so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Okay? The Lord is gracious. Um, he sent Jesus to die for us. We received the Holy Spirit. We spoke in tongues. The Lord blessed. We've seen miracles in our life. He's gracious. We didn't deserve it. There's no way we deserved it. But he was gracious to us. And so have we all tasted that the Lord is gracious? We have. We've tasted it. We've been uh, invigorated by it, enlivened by it. You know, And uh, so we've all tasted that the Lord is gracious. So if that's the case, if that's the fact, that is, as a result of that, the flow and effect, we all, just like little babies, uh, desire the sincere milk of the word. So this is the first thing here. It's simple. Read the Bible. Oh, it's more complicated than that. Well, we'll start reading the Bible. <laughs> Read the Bible. Desire the sincere milk of the word. And it was great to hear that in testimony as well. Luke chapter 4. So read the Bible. Luke chapter 4. And keep reading it. It doesn't say uh, desire the sincere milk of the word and then when you're fully grown, stop. No, no. As newborns, babes throughout our life, continue to desire the sincere milk of the word. It's that simple. Luke chapter 4. And verse 16, Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. And he, this is Jesus Christ, came to Nazareth uh, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. So these are big things. You know, heal the brokenhearted. Well, Jesus has come to heal the brokenhearted. Oh, it's more complicated than that. No, it's simple. Preach deliverance to the captives. Oh, but, but there's all this stuff that needs to happen. No, it's simple. Uh, Jesus wants to deliver captives, whatever that means. Recovering of sight to the blind. Oh, it's medically impossible. It's more complicated than that. No, that's what he wants to do. And that's physically blind, but also spiritually blind. And I believe we can, uh, with time and living in this world and getting used to things, we can start having shutters come over our eyes. But the Lord can still heal it. Oh, it's more complicated than that. No, Jesus wants to do that. Uh, setting free those that are bruised, battered, you know, away from that, spiritually battered as well. It's simple. That's what Jesus has come to do. And, and he concludes in front of all these people in the synagogue, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. It's available now, this simplicity to look to Jesus Christ, to look to him. So we read the Bible, read the word, 
and look to him. And when we look to him, we are waiting. So while we're waiting, we're reading. And there's more aspects, of course, I'll bring out. But uh, uh, that is this day, the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And we can have these things in our lives, no matter how complicated it seems to us. Acts chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 38. Talk about simplicity. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. One verse in the whole Bible. And it's this simple message of how to be saved. It's one verse out of so many thousands of other verses. And it's this simple. Peter was inspired by the Holy Ghost. And he explained, like before this, explained what people saw. And then when they asked, what do I do? Well, I could add before that, Peter goes, well, turns out it's this simple. (laughs) Verse 38, it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptised every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's that simple. And that is repeated so often in a revival fellowship meeting. So often. Uh, In testimony, uh, in whatever, we're talking about people, witnessing to people, uh, in, in the talk, it's repeated over and over again because it's that simple. And it goes on and it says, look, verse 39, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort and courage, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptised, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread. Right? So we've got the simple salvation message. And then what's the next simple bit? To continue, to be uh, exhorted and encouraged and... uh, 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 delve into the scriptures, ask questions, inquire and continue steadfastly in the doctrine and fellowship. That's simple, okay? Isn't it wonderful? It's like, um, it's, it's, a, it's just in that passage I read and, and, and it's explained, it's, it's, a, it's a flow-on thing. It's not like, okay, baptised, repent, be baptised and you receive the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues and then, okay, forget it hang out for a while and figure it out yourself. No, it says here, continue uh, in uh, doctrine and fellowship. And that's how you grow and continue to be that uh, newborn babe and keeping it simple, continuing. James chapter 5, over to James chapter 5. So we have the word, to read the word, to trust in Jesus Christ that he's, uh, he can decomplicate things and keep it simple, uh, continue in uh, Doctrine and fellowship. When we get to James chapter 5, we have here another simple aspect. James chapter 5 and verse 13, and it says, Is any among you afflicted? Okay? Is any among you afflicted? What's the answer? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray 
over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. He was a human being. He wasn't any more special than we are in the flesh. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again and again. (laughs) And the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth, forth her fruit. So what's the other aspect? Prayer. It's that simple prayer. Is any sick among you? Is any afflicted? You know, prayer. And, uh, and it says there, like, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. You know, what are those faults? You know, we don't have confession. What are those faults? It explains it further on. The next part of the verse says, the effectual fervent prayer. Oh, sorry, no, I missed it. Uh, pray one for another that you may be healed. So those faults are... Um, Needs for healing, things to be fixed up, you know, not uh, not confessing your sins and all that sort of stuff because we're righteous before the Lord. It's, it explains it in that same verse. Confess your faults, pray one for another, that, that as a result of that, your faults will be healed. And, uh, and this here, just brilliantly worded, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Avails much, you get results. It's simple. It's simple. Pray about it. Just pray about it. It's simple. And you can read this passage from 13 to 18 if you think it's more complicated than that. And the word prayer or pray comes up many times. So it's the other simple answer is to pray. And you will get answers. It avails much. Matthew chapter 21 Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 19. It's an interesting uh, little passage here. Matthew 21 and verse 19. And when he, being Jesus Christ, saw a fig tree, that, uh, this is symbolic uh, of uh, a, a further thing, because the fig tree symbolised the, um, in this instance, the nation of Israel. But, uh, and when he saw a fig tree, but he actually saw a real fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, no, no uh, fruit, but leaves only. So this fig tree was not bearing fruit. And said unto it, let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. It died. And when the disciples saw it, they marvelled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be gone. And all things, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Prayer. Go back to James 5. Prayer. 
So praying about it. And this mountain, that's symbolic as well. This mountainous thing. It's too complicated. I can't get past this mountain. But um, figuratively, it'll be removed and cast into the sea with prayer by keeping it simple and looking to the Lord. And um, just uh, as a, an example in the Old Testament, um, King da- oh, before he was king, it was when Saul was still king, and uh, we understand that he was just a young fella, um, he uh, was surprised that Goliath was holding back uh, God's chosen people. Um, and he had a simple mindset. He said, um, how can this man who defies the, the living God, how can he succeed? And there's one verse, 1 Samuel 17, verse 37, and he says, The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. He will pluck that mountain away and throw it into the sea, however he does. But what's great with that one verse is that David was referring back to the past, his experiences. The Lord did this. The Lord did this. You know, the Lord healed me. He filled me with the Spirit. I speak in tongues. He, he, uh, he, he gave me a, a joy and an understanding of the Scriptures. He, uh, he changed my mindset. He opened my eyes. He, uh, he gave me purpose. He did all that. So how can this complicated mountain um, be a problem? It's like David saying that the Lord delivered me out of the paw of the lion. He delivered me out of the paw of the bear. He'll deliver me out of the Philistine. He'll pluck that mountain away. Remove it. And uh, he was the only one out of all of the army of Israel that had that confidence. Um, and, uh, and as we know and understand from that story, he was victorious because he had that simple eye. The Lord will deliver me. The Lord will take away the complicatedness and, uh, if I keep it simple. Hebrews chapter 10. And we're all people... We're all human beings. We're all subject to uh, complicating things. Um, yes, you'll know I am subject to that too. <laughs> so I may be standing here prattling away, reading the Bible, but uh, it's all any time I, uh, I do this, it's, I'm learning from it as well. <laughs> and that's the wonderful thing. And that's why I firmly believe, you know, that I'm just a fly on the wall. You know, I'm just a fly on the wall watching what the Lord does uh, because I'm being fed as well and taught as well by these things. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22. So Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22. Let us, I love that, us together in unity, in fellowship, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, confidence, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And that is referring to God himself. Jesus Christ himself is faithful. Let us hold fast without wavering. You know those waves that buffet us and, uh, and try to get in the way and disrupt us, but let us not let, us, uh, not, not let that happen. And let us consider one another 
to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know, that fellowship, let us draw near, together, helping. You know, uh, provoking is a very uh, strong word, um, but stir up, encourage, gentle. You know, uh, be wise in that way as well, wisdom from above, and not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Um, I I just can't emphasise that enough. It's so good coming together. So good, regardless of how tired or worn out or how much you think you'd rather be somewhere else. (laughs) Fellowship is so important. And um, I will explain. I will go into this for those that don't know. So I uh, um, I only spent 18 months up in in Geraldton. Uh, I was in the Lord uh, for two years. Actually, yeah, it was about on my second birthday in the Lord, decided to go up to Geraldton to work and live, and I loved it. It was great, absolutely brilliant. Um, it, it suited me down to a T, um, and I thought I had it all sorted. Um, I used to travel after work on Friday uh, to come to meetings in Morley. I'd do that once a fortnight, and it was no problem. I actually really enjoyed the trip. I look forward to the trip as well as the meetings. Once a fortnight, I got, meeting, uh, got these meetings in. Uh, it's just I had an issue with my vehicle at one stage and so it didn't happen for a couple of weeks. But for this 18 months, once a fortnight, travelling down and, um, and then I thought, that's fine. Um, but things went awry in Geraldton and so I came back to Perth and it was only when I moved back to Perth I realised I was just stunned at how much I'd dried up. And I'd had meetings, Sunday meetings... Once a fortnight. And I realised I'd dried up. And uh, so what I thought, I have to keep it simple, is obviously I was lacking contact, lacking meetings, so decided to go to all the meetings and outreaches and so forth and just dig in, just keep it simple. And praise the Lord, uh, a year later, uh, I was in a position where I could jump out again. <laughs> but it took a whole year. And I was having a laugh with Ali yesterday. I said, Some, there's a lot of things in my life, just wait a year. <laughs> wait a year. <laughs> it just seems to be a good thing. Just wait a year <laughs> uh, for things to pan out. So a whole year, and that's when I got a job down here in Bunbury. And, uh, and I, but that experience was so good to, to, to realise that, man, meetings, that's simple. It's simple. Meetings. It's one word. You know, fellowship, simple. But it makes such a big difference. And, uh, and I had personal experience from that. It was actually, uh, I was afraid of how, uh, what happened as a result of that. So not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, uh, especially uh, as we see the day approaching. John chapter 15. John 15. And verse 9, John chapter 15, we talk about a new commandment here. And verse, John chapter 15 and verse 9, it's Jesus speaking. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. 
even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Simple, right? It's not complicated. Simple. Love one another. It's a commandment. Love one another as Jesus Christ loved, loved us. He, died his, he, he laid his life down for us. That's how much he loved us. Simple. And then why? Why is it the Lord wants us to do this? Why is that? Uh, he wants to see a result from us putting this simple thing into practice. Oh, it's more complicated than that. Simple thing into practice. It says it in verse 11. These things have I spoken unto you that you do. I'm encouraging you to do this so that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. That's the result of putting these simple things into practice. That's what happens. You have a wonderful, effervescent joy and, uh, and it carries you on. Uh, it's just fantastic when you see that happen. Penultimate scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance. I want to remind you of something that's important. Let's see how complicated it is. That you stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Full stop. Amen. That's what comes from God. And I've said it before, but it's something I try to remember, that if you have a spirit of fear or you have a spirit of confusion, uncertainty, you know, instability, well, it turns out that's not actually from God because God's given us a spirit of fear, uh, of, sorry, a spirit of power, love and of a sound mind. Other ones come from the other person. <laughs> you know, anything that's destructive comes from the other one. It's not from God. And so that simple mindset can help. You know, uh, you're laying in bed, you're worried, confused. Ah, that's not God. That's not coming from God. God wants me to have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, <coughs> which is awesome. <coughs> Excuse me, absolutely awesome. Matthew chapter 6, to finish up with... <coughs> Matthew chapter 6 and verse 31. Wonderful passage from verse 24. But uh, Matthew chapter 6, and we'll start in verse 31. And these are simple verses, but oh my goodness, how we complicate it, don't we? Therefore, take no, no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness. So seeking him, praying, reading, uh, looking for guidance, going to meetings, and his righteousness. So that's a doing thing, you know, following his commandments and, uh, and uh, preaching the gospel and doing his, like, and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. <coughs> Excuse me. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So seek ye first the kingdom of God. Break it down to these simple elements. Reading the word, praying, fellowshipping, realising that, hey, look, that mountain can be removed. It will be removed. No matter what it looks like. I've climbed a couple of mountains, not big ones, but ones in WA. And, uh, yeah, it's a wiggly little path through scrub and all this sort of stuff over rocks and so forth. But the Lord can... Pluck it out. Take away the complicatedness. And uh, if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. He's obligated. He's promised he'll do it. Okay, thank you.